little nerds and nerdettes. Junior ambassadors, boys and girls of all ages. We're nerds and uh, we're pretty proud of it. You're entering the Nerd United Nations podcast. Never apologize for being nerdy. All things geek are up for grabs. Because unnerdy people never apologize for being assholes. Now, here's your ambassadors, Melissa Nicholson and Jared Boots. Hey, nerds and nerdettes, and welcome to another episode of the Nerd United Nations podcast. I'm your host from the great white, really freaking cold north, Melissa Nicholson. Uh, today's episode, we're discussing the Lego Batman movie, which at the time of this recording celebrates uh, five years, which just, I can't believe that's been five years. I mean, it's maybe, maybe it's not that long, but it's long enough and it's just crazy. So anyway, we're going to discuss it and I could not do this alone because if I did, it probably wouldn't end too well. So. As always, I have my co-host from the Midwest United States, Jared Boots. How are you, Jared? If you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself and make a change. Ooh. (laughs) I said that. I'm Jared. Jared is very wise. (laughs) Hey, Melissa. Hey. Good to be here. Batman was just here, apparently, quoting you. Is he the better? Black. All podcasts start with black. <laughs> yeah, you, you said it, man. Uh, it's hard to believe this movie is five years old already. I know, right? It it really does not seem like that. It really seems like it it just came out like very recently, like like I don't know, maybe the last couple of years or something, like two years or whatever, you know. Like it it just does not seem like that much time has gone by, but it has. Well, it seems like everybody says that the last two two ish years have just flown by because they've all been rolled into one ball with the pandemic and everything. But you sit back and look like, wow, I really think like, well, at least the last five years has just flown by. Like, where have the last five years of my life been? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's sort of like blinked and here we are. <laughs> well, not only are we in a world now where Lego Batman is five years old, but now we're in a world where we have yet another new cinematic Batman, too. Yeah, which is super exciting. Well, at the time of this recording, we haven't seen it yet, but I hope, I hope I love it. <laughs> I'm sure I will, though. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope I enjoy it too. I mean, I, I I'm not, I, I've really not paid attention to anything about the new Batman film. So, and and that was on purpose because I want to go in as just ignorant and blind as possible and just enjoy it for for what it is. So, yeah. Well, if people want to know why we're talking about Lego Batman before the Batman comes out, you know, they 
the two films do have one connection. Zoe Kravitz says Catwoman. <laughs> How weird was that? <laughs> <laughs> well, so I can't remember weird. where I was. Because at the time, when I saw this film five years ago, I had no idea who Zoe Kravitz was. I know I, I was a huge fan of her dad, but mm-hmm. um, I had no idea who she was until this trailer came up, apparently. Although I had been accused of only liking Lenny Kravitz because I thought his daughter was hot. But at the time, I didn't know who his daughter was. I, go, I just legitimately love Lenny Kravitz. Mm. So now within five years, we've had Zoe Kravitz play Catwoman in two different films. Mm-hmm. Usually when I look at the cast list for people I know in this film, it's quite extensive. I'm sure we'll get into that later. Oh, for sure. So uh, you had told me off mic in our little chat that you had a, that a funny story about you seeing this film for the first time. Yeah, I mean, well... Yeah, a little bit funny, but also just, yeah, um, I saw it on, because uh, it wasn't that, because it was February 11th, I think the, it came out, so um, two days later, um, on Valentine's Day, I saw the film, um, but uh, my, me and my friend Jenny, we decided that we were going to go out on Valentine's Day because we really, we weren't going to do anything anyway, so we thought, you know what? let's you know we we let's go out so we we dressed up all really really fancy and and we went out for dinner and then we went to see the lego batman movie and <laughs> um we kind of when we when we went to the theater and we kind of had to wait a little bit before the film because we were kind of early and they were um kind of cleaning the theater and whatever so we were waiting and we we had people looking at us a little bit weird because sort of like okay they they had that facial expression of like okay you're all like dressed up and and whatever and it's like why it, it was almost like a why are you here <laughs> thing so it it was kind of funny um but we we had a really good time with this movie and we absolutely loved it um but yeah it was it was funny and and it it also kind of makes me laugh a little bit because it being Valentine's Day you'd think you know we would you know watch some kind of you know, chick flick or something sappy or whatever to, to kind of fit the day. And no, we picked the Lego Batman movie. So, <laughs> so that was kind of funny. Um, but yeah. Um, great, great, great choice. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. So, so that's kind of my, my first time seeing it. And um, yeah, and, and it was just, a lot of fun. It's so funny. So what what was your um first experience seeing the movie like? Oh, it's I wouldn't say my first experience viewing the film in theaters was funny, but it was I had like a sort of like a oh, an odd observation <laughs> when I saw this film for the first time. So at the time I was working a three two two work schedule, so I was twelve hour shifts. I think I was on the night shift at this time. So I went and saw the film a couple days after it opened, uh, like on a Tuesday afternoon or whatever, like one o'clock on the afternoon. <laughs> and uh, 
I think I told you off air or off mic. It's like I think I was the youngest person in the theater. So take back, I was 32 years old. I was probably the youngest person in the theater watching this film. It was all dudes. I think I was <laughs> no kids that I can recall. So it's just a bunch of grown men, a handful of grown men sitting in a the theater watching Lego Batman. <laughs> yeah. We, we kind of had the... If that... Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was about to say, if, if that isn't like a stereotype of what people think nerds are, I don't know what is. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> yeah, and we kind of had that experience, too, where it was, I mean, it was a, a little bit later evening viewing. So, I mean, it makes sort of sense, but um, there wasn't any kids there. It was a lot of older adults and I think out of Jenny and I, we were uh, we were both what 24, so we were we were the youngest at 24, probably in that theater. <laughs> there was a lot of like there was a uh, I remember there was a, like an uh, I think like an elderly couple was there, and there was actually a few of them, and uh, so yeah, it was it was, and then there was a few other people too, but. Um, yeah, it was just kind of funny that we're all there and, and you know, seeing this movie. But, yeah. <laughs> I can only imagine what that couple's reaction to the film was. Oh, that is cute. That's a oh. cute film. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Hank, wasn't that adorable? <laughs> yeah. I bet you that's exactly what that was. Such, such a cute little film. Oh, it's, the grandkids will love this. Such a cute film there. Don't yeah. you know? Wow. <laughs> I kid Canada because I love Canada. Like, don't think I didn't hear what you were doing there <laughs> well hey if you ask a lot of uh, people who live in the east and west coast that's what Iowa sound like too oh jeez uh-huh. maybe maybe Minnesota northern Wisconsin but not down here in Iowa we don't sound like that <laughs> fat naked man in the balcony there <laughs> call back to the critic all right uh-huh. So how about we kick off what are some most what are some things you love about this film? Because I know we're just, we're not gonna do anything specific, we're just gonna have a genuine chat about Lego Batman. So Melissa, how about some things you love about this film? Um what I really love is that you have you know, all these the the variety of characters that they have in this movie, which at the time when I like when I first saw it, um, I didn't realize that, you know, obviously not being too engaged with a lot of the DC characters, because at that time I, I was still very much the Marvel fan. But, you know, so not so much DC yet, <laughs> but uh, just the variety of characters. I mean, now I know. Um, but yeah, I really like just 
all these characters that they bring out and you know they're not ones that you know yeah they're they're in legal form but you don't always see them in in films or sort of have that little bit of spotlight to for them and so i thought that was really cool that they, they kind of bring out everybody and you have this whole you know group of characters and and i do love that they um they kind of they're they make it they're aware of it um that oh those can't be all people whatever and well yeah they are they're real you know it's worth a google (laughs) i am really getting the biggest laugh whenever he said condiment king at the beginning of the film (laughs) (laughs) so i grew up with batman the animated series where that character originated from and i just got the biggest laugh when he said named out condiment king of all the <laughs> random characters the name drop you went with the condiment king yeah <laughs> yeah for sure and i and i do love that like you know in, in so many of the you know the the live action you know batman films you know, like like Batman's, he's he's obviously a little bit more, you know, the, the serious character, and and whereas in in this one he's he's serious, but he's also very goofy. You know, like he, <laughs> you know, he he just he's he's a really fun um, character in the in this one, and and that's what I really like. There like, there's that level of seriousness seriousness to him, but then it's just you know, kind of really goofy and ridiculous. And, and that's what makes it, you know, um, you know, just so much fun too. So yeah, I, I really like that about, about this movie. Well, it's for the kids. So you gotta make it lighthearted. Oh too. yeah. Yeah, for uh, sure. Would you, would you say he's silly on the level of like a, how Joel Schumacher's Batman universe was or more of an Adam West level goofy. Cause the way I look at it is Adam West 66 Batman isn't really goofy. I think it's just more considered cheesy by the standards that we've, I guess since Burton's first Batman film came out, it just became campy. Mm-hmm. But West played the role really straight and serious, so he knew what his role was going into it. Yeah. It's, it's very, it's very much a product of its time. For sure, yeah. But uh, where would you on the spectrum of uh, a quote unquote sillier Batman? Where would you throw this on there? Is, is it, or is it, or would you say it's in a league of its own? Um, I don't think I would put it with like like the Adam West Batman, because like you said, it's, it's, you know, he was definitely playing it straight. He wasn't, you know, um, doing anything really, um, uh, like outlandish with the character or anything like that. Like he was just playing his character and playing it straight. And it, it definitely now it's, it's certainly yeah the product of its time so i don't think i would it doesn't really fit in with that too much um and i don't know maybe more along the lines of like the joel schumacher stuff um 
But then I also think it is sort of in a league of its own because it's sort of, you know, you you have a lot of the like the elements of of his like the Batman sort of universe and things like that. But he's also sort of he sets himself as like his own character, his own sort of person. So it may be a little bit of the Joel Schumacher with also it being also just his own league, I think. That makes sense. And I know, I think I said this on uh, our friend Lisa's show. I love that movie. Talk about mystery men, how mystery men is suicide squad through the eyes of Joel Schumacher. And I wanted—I didn't want it to come off as an insult because I know Batman Forever, Batman Robin take a lot of flack for like the extreme culture shock, for the different, the complete 180 in tone from Batman and Batman Returns. But I think a lot of people have really turned, came around on that since Joel Schumacher has passed because it—and I'm one of those people I've kind of like. Yeah, they're not very good, but I tend to be a little bit more tamer with them now because at the end of the day, Schumacher was just making the film he was told to make by the studio. So you really can't fault him for the level of corniness that comes out of those two films. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I would say this Lego Batman, uh, Will Arnett's Batman is really in a league of his own when it comes to like, the goofiness. It's also like the most egotistical we see Batman too. I think it's like probably one of the first incarnations of Batman to seem like full of himself. And I think that that certainly is what makes him fun. That he is just he's so self aware and so very much into himself. Like, you know <laughs> you know, sort of at the good beginning, like, you know uh, you know, I have a nine pack, you know, I have an extra ab and <laughs> <laughs> and you know like giving all the the you know like the, the t-shirts and merchandise and things to the orphans and, and like just like this is who I am like look at all this stuff like here's some stuff kids and whatever and like <laughs> what's a shot from the merch gun <laughs> <laughs> but yeah he he's very much um yeah and it's like i said it's just it's what makes him so much fun and so entertaining and i think like how it's presented is very believable like you know he's very much he's genuinely into himself he's very you know yeah this is me and and you know but then still it the movie still has heart because you see him you know he's he's on his own like when he he goes to to back to his his island <laughs> and like you see him like he's on his own he doesn't have anybody else um you know he kind of has his little routine and so it and then yeah and then like sort of later on too like he's looking at you know the pictures and things that he has and and he he denies it with having the thought of snake clowns but <laughs> but it's still you know, as egotistical and everything as he is, he still has, you know, it, it shows he has heart. It shows he, you know, um, kind of deals with things on his own. And so, 
you know, it shows that side of him too. That he's not just, you know, who you see, you know, when, when he's doing other things. Um, so it's, it's kind of a nice balance in this movie. Yeah, I agree. Sorry, I'm uh, looking something up. Okay. Let's look up at IMDb. I was grabbing my salt shaker because I was looking at IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. I I think they took it. I think it took it in a fun direction of him being, uh being a big fan of himself he he's buying into the hype of being batman um i think they also t- took kind of like a new approach of him being brooding because that's i think it's it's almost like batman 101 you had to have him sort of be a loner or be kind of brooding you know i think they took a fun approach to that too they showed him how alone he could be. They did it in a kind of a comedic way. How he's sitting in the back cave eating his lobster troubadour and um, sitting in that huge theater by himself. He's sitting in his huge home theater by himself. Like, which by the way, like goals one day to have a theater like that. Right. Yep. Oh, that would be amazing. I think so. I think they. I think they attacked that in like a very nice family-friendly way. Yeah, for sure. Because like if you, or, yeah. Or like him not getting invited to the 57th annual Justice League party. <laughs> yeah. But go ahead. <laughs> Um, but yeah, he, like he, I, I really like that approach to it, you know, because I feel like, you know, in another in you know the other films and stuff, it, it's it's obviously done a lot more seriously and not so much, you know, with with the heart and everything that, you know, and the, and the sort of the comedy that was done in in this one and and. You know, I, I did like that. Like, uh, like I said, it's that nice balance because it, it could have been, you know, one of those films where it could have been completely just ridiculous and and you know crazy. But I think they, you know, they they did well with having the comedy and then also showing how, you know, he's how brooding he is and just how he's still kind of a loner. But yeah, done in that way that it's still lighthearted and and like you said, family friendly. So. Um, yeah, I, I really like it. Uh, really, really like how they, they presented that. But I, I do also enjoy, like, you know, <laughs> when they're, you know, they're going to get the new commissioner and, and immediately, you know, Bruce is like, oh, if he can push the button for the bat signal, he'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, we don't get much Bruce Wayne stuff in here. No. But the the Bruce Wayne stuff at uh, Commissioner Gordon's retirement party is pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> the ordering the waiter over just so he could spit the champagne out. <laughs> <laughs> like what? <laughs> <laughs> 
I like how he does it again in the background too. <laughs> you just hear him. You don't don't jump, but now you just hear him doing it again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I think Will Arnett. I think Will Arnett did a great job of uh of the voice, and I, I must confess I haven't seen all of the Lego Movie, which I know this is where this stemmed from. Mm-hmm. But I do really enjoy Will Arnett's performance as Batman Bruce Wayne. And I think his Bruce Wayne's pretty good, too. He does a good job of being that, putting on the facade. Of, essentially, that's what it is at the end of the day. Bruce, Wayne's, Bruce Wayne is the facade, not Batman. Yeah. But I still love how he, he's got Bruce Wayne high on the Bruce Wayne hype train, too. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I, and everybody, I, and everybody and everybody loves him. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, I've seen I've seen all of the Lego movie. I actually saw that movie in theater. Um and, and what made it for me was was Lego Batman. Um I <laughs> I absolutely love Batman in, in that one and and you know it's I, I mean it's a it's a fun it's a fun movie but um, for me, it was it was Batman. I just did it because he was just so funny, and you know, so I was never more excited when hearing about that there was going to be a, a Lego Batman movie specifically for him. Um, so yeah, it, <laughs> I, I think yeah, I think Willow Knight does a very good job of, of bringing that character to life and and you know, kind of playing it kind of. You know, he, I think he understood the assignment that he, you know, could could be serious, but then he he could bring that, you know, understand that he's also being this little bit, you know, the the ego's turned up to an eleven, and he's very aware of that, and you know, so I I think he really, you know, he he did an amazing job bringing this character to to life. I agree. And uh, speaking of other great performances, what Zach Galifianakis? Yeah, this he, man deserves. I think this man deserves another crack at the joke, much like John DiMaggio. Uh, and Under the Red Hood deserves another chance at the Joker. I believe Zach Galifianakis does too. I think so. Yeah, I, I think he did a really great job. That was. I think a lot of the voice performances are really good. Uh, if I had any nitpick about the voice performances, probably be um, Doug Benson as uh, Bane because he's essentially doing a Tom Hardy voice. Yeah. Which the producers of the film really were a fan of of his, of his podcast. And oh, it's funny because I used to listen to his podcast, Doug Loves Movies, and <laughs> him and Jason Manzukis, who also does the voice of the Scarecrow, this did a lot. They had another guy on the show. Crapped on DC films quite a bit at this point in time with this film coming out. Like, take every opportunity they could to shit on BVS. But they uh, hired him because he does, does his, his, his Tom Hardy impression. And I must say, of all his years of being a Batman fan, I love Tom Hardy's Bane because personally, I think he's the best part of Dark Knight Rises. Mm-hmm. But one thing, I'm sick to death of the Tom Hardy impressions for Bane. 
I'd, re- I'd really like the next Bane to do something different. Mm-hmm. I, that I was, think, uh, yeah. Go ahead, sorry. I think that's that's kind of what needs to happen. Like Tom Hardy did his incarnation of Bane, and I think whoever does it, you know, again, needs to make it their own and not try and do a Tom Hardy impersonation. Because well, one thing we found out from the pandemic. Everybody has a Tom Hardy impression when they had to put their mask on. <laughs> oh, you think the shadows are your ally? You merely adopted the dark. See? I have a Tom Hardy impression too. How come Warner Bros. isn't calling me? <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't. I can't do that, but, you know. <laughs> Well, I, I I was reading on IMDb that uh, Guillermo del Toro was somebody they were looking at for Bane. Yeah. I want that. <laughs> right? Plus, it's also a, an, a Hispanic director playing a Hispanic character. Because mm-hmm. one, my, my, one of my favorite incarnations of Bane is from Batman Animated Series, when he's the big old luchador with the Venom. And he's he got the South American voice, South American Central American voice. That's what I love about like yeah, I love Tom Hardy. But it seems like every incarnation we've gotten of Bane since then has been Tom Hardy Bane. Yeah. And after holy crap, ten years now. Like, okay, uh, let's try something different with Bane. Because even though so Dark Knight Rises came out in, what, 2012? Uh, Holy crap, that's 10 years old. Oh, God. So, even, well, so, even, so even as recent as the Harley Quinn animated series, we're still getting Tom Hardy Bane impressions for Bane. Like, come on, guys. Yeah. But I do love the performance this year. I think another thing I love about this film... I love the attention that it pays to the history of the character and and his world dating all the way back to 1939. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, I love they brought back Billy D. Williams to play Harvard Dent Two-Face since he never got the chance to fulfill that in uh, Tim Burton's universe. Yeah. Um, I even love that. I think one of my favorite things has to be like the Legoized versions of all different incarnations of Batman. So we get like a BVS Lego Batman, Legoized. We get like going all the way back to the 1940s and 50s serials. We get like a Lego version of that. Like how freaking amazing is that? Uh, One thing I love probably most about the film that gets me every time I watch it. It's just attention to detail to the history. So like they show the Lego version of Christian Bale's Batman or the Lego version of of uh, Burton. Like I I just love it so much. It's or the Lego version of Batman the animated series. Like this is so great. Makes my big nerd heart so happy. <laughs> yeah, I, I I really like that too. I like that they you know they they could have. You know, with this film, they, they could have tried to make it relevant at that time. Like, they could have tried to really 
I don't know, kind of gone with the times and made him, you know, however um, kind of relevant and new and fresh and whatever. Like, they, they could have completely kind of maybe changed that or not even, um, like, recognized, you know, his history and things like that, but they did that. Like, they really, you know, it, it shows that they were being respectful of it. Like, they, and that clearly you know, they are, f- the, the people that created this are clearly fans of it themselves, so they added in all these things, and it's just so cool, and I, and I do love, like, there's the, the one part in in the film where like, Alfred is talking about, you know, Batman's different phases. <laughs> you know, this one, and this one, and this one, and, and you've got all, like, the, you know, the different clips and things, and, and then, oh, the weird one, and I think it was, what, 1966 or whatever, and like, <laughs> yeah, I just I, I love that. And there, there are even smaller details of like, you know, the bat shark repellent and, you know, like just those little details that just add so much to it. And and, and I think that's just, you know, really awesome of them to do to recognize, you know, not just this world, but then just outside of that, like he's just this vast world that he has. And it's, it's almost on the on the subject you mentioned, like the shark repellent. I love how we get like two mentions or two two references to the '89 Batman within like in the first five minutes of this film. <laughs> when one of the pilots says to the Joker, like like the the parade with the Prince music, and then like two minutes later we get, you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And then I like that they they, they make reference to like the, the the Dark Knight and well what about that time with the two boats? Yeah, I wrote that I wrote that one down too. <laughs> Actually, I had to pause the movie because the Easter eggs were flying so fast. I had to pause it so I could write them down. Yeah, it's just it's like right off the line. It's just like freaking. Easter egg after Easter egg after you know reference to something like I, I I had to kind of really pay attention to um I I probably made the messiest notes ever because I was trying to really okay this one I have to write down this one and this one and <laughs> but uh, yeah it's it's just crazy how fast they're just pulling out the the, the references to other things and. Um, you know, I, I absolutely love that because it just, you, you know, it, it really kind of sets what the, the film was going to be and and that you're just, you know, in for a hell of a fun ride. And I, I'm sitting here thinking, because I think back when I lived in Des Moines, I had to watch those Descendants movies with my ex-girlfriend or daughters, mm-hmm. and they just beat you over the head with callbacks to that one. But I do not get why it's okay for Lego Batman, but why it's so bad. And like, for example, the descendants movies, because if you haven't seen them, don't, (laughs) um, I I do not plan on it. (laughs) Well, like one of the main boys in this school is supposed to be the son of bell and the beast. And he roars a lot. It's like, (laughs) Okay, I get it. You're the beast's kid. 
boy. But like, it, I think this was a tag, and they're both both of these are targeted little targeted at kids. Yeah. But I don't know what makes this. I don't know what makes it so much better, but it's just so fun. I think it's because they, with this, it's just thrown in a general conversation. Yeah. I, like, I was, like like having Billy D. Williams back as Two Face, or um, like like you want to get nuts, let's get nuts. And I'd say I don't know why. Like another, well, how about a more recent example with the new Ghostbusters film? I still cringe at who you gonna call, and that was my number one movie of last year, and that still makes me cringe right here. That that cop say who you gonna call? Yeah. I think because it was in in that film, it felt very forced and it was very obvious what was coming. And it just, yeah, it, it made me cringe too. And that, and that one was, you know, uh, you know, came with very high praise for me. And uh, so, yeah, it, yeah, that, that I could, but I think in, in, in this film, it it's just like you said it's so like it's it's just general conversation you know like how like jokers like especially the the boats thing and then like when he's mentioning all these characters and well i didn't know other characters and well they're worth a google like that's just like uh you know if somebody's having a conversation about these different characters and they're kind of listing them off and it's like well look it up google it so like it's so natural in conversation that it doesn't feel like you're being beaten over the head with this stuff it's so just you know it it flows really nicely and i think that's why it works so well is that you know they do it in such a way that it's not it doesn't feel like a greatest hits like it's just oh we're just gonna throw these as a fan service or things like that like it's just okay we're these are gonna be in there but it's just going to be a part of their natural conversation throughout this movie. And it's going to be funny. And then, you know, you're good. If you, if you get the references, it's going to be funny and, you know, it, and it's going to work. Well, even some are just more you have to catch with your eye, not with your ears. Like sure. one of the costumes that Robin tries on at the end is called Nightwing. Yeah. Like, Oh Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't look like the traditional Nightwing costume, but it says Nightwing on it. Yeah, so you get that. And then, like, you know, if you're sort of paying, like, they, they, they do kind of go over, like, all the, the vehicles he has. But, like, you see that there's the, you know, the Burton one and, like, you see all the things. So it's like, you know, it's it's there. And I even noticed, um, and I I don't know how i mean it's so quick too so i i could see how i i had noticed it but i've seen this movie so many times you know after seeing it for the first time i you know but i noticed in the background of when he's um it, it's one of the visual easter eggs where i noticed when he's he's headed to the the orphanage like when he's just about to do that and in the background in one of the buildings it says shrek's and I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> I did not. I didn't catch that one, but like on my rewatch today, I caught the Iceberg Lounge. Where's that? Uh, it's towards the end with the big villain fight. 
Oh, yeah, I missed that one. You see, I caught the other one. <laughs> but that one I hadn't noticed. I was like, oh, I see that. I was like, that was funny. So I think that's why they overload it with so many Easter eggs. So it, it gets rewatchability out of us. For sure. So when, you, so when you hear in the street, oh, Shrek's is in, Shrek's department store is in this one. Oh, crap. I got to go back and rewatch it. Where is it? Yeah. Yeah. Like there's, no. there's, so now you're going to go back and try to find the Iceberg Lounge. I'm going to go back and try to find Shrek's department store. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll probably message each other. Like, I found it. Well, well, jokes on you because it sounds like Shrek's is in the movie film a lot earlier than uh, the Iceberg Lounge is. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but yeah, it's a really quick sort of uh, sort of pan where it's just like you just see it and it's like sort of in a corner, like a like a look kind of a rounded building, whatever, and it's just right there in in like red lettering, I think is what it is, but. Yeah, it was something I quickly noticed, and and yeah, I think that's definitely what gives this, you know, apart from it being a really fun movie, it's there's always something to see in this film each time you you watch it, you know, there's always something small that you missed, and it's like oh, you know, I didn't see that before, and like there's just so much to see in this movie. Um, that yeah, you just it, it never gets you know tiring or boring or anything. It's always interesting each time you see it because there's always something that you know you you probably missed the last time that you see this time, and it kind of goes on from there. I I can't remember how long it's been since I last watched the film before this recording, but like. In the beginning of the film, just forgetting that it's Ferris Air at the airplane is like, oh, call back to the Green Lantern. Yay. <laughs> but you get, I think Ferris Air takes place. And like, I think it's probably the only airline in <laughs> in the whole DC universe. It's Ferris yeah. Air. <laughs> Carol, Carol Ferris has run a monopoly of uh, airlines, the DC yeah. universe. <laughs> Yeah. But it has to be one of the reasons why they throw all this rich lore into it just to get people to go back and rewatch it again. Like, oh, look at that. Look at that. Mm-hmm. I and mean, like, at the time of this recording, it was announced this week that we're getting a Wonder Twins movie <laughs> or show or whatever. And like before that, all the only time we got the Wonder Twins on screen was in this film when they're in the background of the Justice League party. Like, where else in the world were you going to get? Apache Chief and uh, the Wonder Twins on the big screen, other than in Lego form. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, it's just. Um, oh, where is it going? Oh, my God, words. <laughs> um, but, yeah, and, and I do, you know, one of my other things and and it's I I laughed at it even though I mean like at the time you know when I first saw this one where I was you know I I did mention it before that you know like I was more the Marvel fan I I definitely wasn't you know too much into DC stuff but um, you know the the password 
you know, the Iron Man sucks. <laughs> I just that killed me. That was hilarious. And I and I you know I still love it even now. It, it's never been not funny. Yeah, I was wondering how you would feel about that that time in your nerdy career. Uh, I I laughed at it. I thought it was hilarious. I, I've, I've you know. Not one of those fans is going to be like, oh, really? Like, you know, get all offended and, and whatever. And, like, at that time, you know, yeah, like, I was, I was, it was sort of like the height of my, you know, being the Marvel fan and, and stuff like that. So, um, but it, it was funny. Like, I, I can see the humor and stuff. I'm not going to be like, whoa, make fun of Iron Man for or something like that. It's like, no, but that was hilarious. And it's, like I said, it still is hilarious. I also love that the voice of Siri is the bad computer. Yeah. And what's funny with I with iPhones is that you can summon that Lego Batman. Have you tried that yet? No. I'll see if I I'll see how good of a uh, recording quality this will be. Hey, Pewter. Welcome home, sir. I have your rom-coms queued up, sorted by decade. Oh, my God. That? That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Just say stuff like, how oh, can I help you Lego Batman and stuff? Well, I'm... Okay, I need to try this There's cool, neat things you can do with your phone. I didn't know you could... Do that, and that. Well, I'm really happy I have an iPhone now because you know I'm gonna do that. <laughs> oh, wait till we get off. Wait till we hit, hit stop record. I'll teach you another fun trick you can do with your iPhone. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, I can't remember. I can't. I think my friend Jasmine taught me about the Lego Batman thing with your with your phone. <laughs> like that's pretty badass. Oh. I do. I like. Five years later, I still do that. <laughs> <laughs> she only says like she only says like two or three things in response, but it's it's still funny. Like, yeah, I'm a nerd. <laughs> it's entertaining. Yeah, it's entertaining for like three seconds, but like, you know, I don't care. It's it's fun. Mm-hmm. It was like, yeah, hey, you're a nerd, and. <laughs> And well, I don't see the problem here. <laughs> <coughs> Man, my sister sent me a Snapchat with some filter that you can make pictures' mouths move. And uh-huh. she was doing all these ones for my my other two brothers, and she did it for me. My name's Jared. I'm a nerd. I just replied, and. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I I say this on my podcast all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's this is such a fun film. I need to revisit more. I if I could make one nitpick about the whole film, I think Jamie Drewley's expressed the whole the same concern too. I'm not a huge fan of the whole Robin and papa and daddy thing 
Yeah. I think it's a little weird. It is. Yeah, I'll I'll agree on on that one for being just a really um a very it's a minor nitpick. I, I don't I don't see it as a major thing because I mean it's you know it is what it is. But um yeah, it is a little bit weird. Um you know especially even by with, kids movie standard. Yeah, very much. Yeah. And especially when he's he's trying to like you know like what to call him and whatever and it's just like I, I don't know it, it it is very weird that that kind of thing but I mean I guess, I guess I could see that they were trying to do something a little bit different um but that difference kind of came off a bit weird <laughs> that was definitely a weird choice it was a, de- a weird route to go down yeah, I mean, I, I wonder if like they they maybe they had thought of different things to do and and they, those things didn't work so much, but then it ultimately ended up being that because that maybe that made the most sense for them to do is kind of you know as kind of weird as it is probably just you know I don't know or, or maybe they had a better idea and then they decided on this one <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure but well. Yeah. I like how they joke about it with the crack that Barbara Gordon takes at it when they're trying to get into Arkham with the Phantom Zone uh, blaster, where she asks, is that your son? No. Well, it'd be kind of weird if it wasn't your son. <laughs> like, I like how it takes that crack, that crack at the Batman-Robin relationship. Because mm-hmm. if they would have made it Damien, then okay, it would have worked because Damien being Bruce Wayne's son in the comics that it would work for me, but it will Dick Grayson and Dick Grayson and Bruce Wayne. Like, uh, it's kind of weird, but I think yeah. it's more the fact they call him daddy. He calls him like dad and Papa and Padre. And yeah, that, it gets a little distracting after a while. Yeah. It, it is a little bit kind of, um, yeah, it, it, it does get a, a little bit much after a little bit, and it, it is a little bit awkward, but, I mean, you know, for for the other parts of it, it's not so bad. Like, I think it's, it's you know, especially when, like, when, when Alfred's talking about him, and and so it, it kind of, it it sort of evens itself out, I guess, but it, but I think later on, it, it does get a little bit, um weird so i think they you know if they wanted to go that route it could have been done maybe a little bit differently but yeah so uh what'd you think of uh the all the cameos we got in the phantom zone i oh my god i i love them my (laughs) of course my my favorite thing is when we see the Daleks, of course, Whovian. But but I I do love the like oh it's um the British robots. Ask your nerd friends. <laughs> <laughs> I had a I had a thing there from Doctor Who, but I know you would know the answer more than better than I would. Mm-hmm. I must say now, 
five years later, now that I've seen the Harry Potter films, I have a better appreciation for Voldemort being in the in the fandom zone. Yeah. <laughs> but I like, like, I think it's weird, like, they don't have him doing any of, like, the Death Eater curses. They have him doing, like, all the other spells that all the other wizards use. Yeah. Like, Wingardium Livius. <laughs> 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 he seems kind of a um, a, a generic Voldemort, almost like a. <laughs> <I don't> <laughs> <laughs> like he's 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 Voldemort, you know who he is, but he's just like, you know, uh, you know, being like a regular wizard with all his spells and stuff, and it's just oh, it's really funny. There's more, uh, there's more Voldemort as a magician because he's turning police into fish. Yeah. <laughs> Would you quit flopping around? <laughs> Officer Jackson, stop flopping around. <laughs> so the first time you, the first time you saw this, did you know that that was not Ralph Fiennes doing the voice of uh, Voldemort? I. Th- I think I did, yeah. And and I knew. I feel like yeah, I, I did know who who was doing the voice of, of Voldemort, and it wasn't. And so yeah, it, that was kind of funny that you know it it wasn't him, it was you know somebody else. But um, yeah, no, I I I believe I did know that that going into the film. Well. Not being the, a Potter fan at the time, I think I looked it up. I go, oh, go, because I think to myself, like, I wonder if they got the guy that did Voldemort to do the voice. I look it up. No, I go, oh, he's he's Alfred. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> Which, speaking of, after watching King's Man, I don't get Ralph Fiennes as Alfred someday in live action. Right. I think, I think he'd would, be a good Alfred. Yeah, I I seriously like I I've kind of thought about that too. Like I, I I would love to see him in in that role. I think he would do very well uh, as an Alfred. I definitely see it. Yeah, me too. Um, you said you popped at the dot. Oh, they're called Daleks. 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 I popped at uh, the Gremlins and then the <laughs> T-Rex and the Velociraptors from Jurassic Park. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do. I like, I, I like they throw they throw they throw stripe in there too. So. I I do love that when they when they're on the plane and like would you get these '80s monsters off the plane? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I wish they would have used Agent Smith a little bit more too, though. Yeah. I like how they had him. Cl- I like how they had him cloning himself. Yeah. <laughs> but I wish, I wish when it came to the big fight, I wish I would have used Agent Smith a little more. Hmm. It seems like the Sauron is the big hitter when it comes to the fight. Like Sauron and Voldemort probably are the two heavy hitters for Joker's team in that. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. I mean, I mean, I think you get, you know, a good, 
you know, smattering of everybody, but definitely Sauron and, and Voldemort are your, your featured ones. I like how the Kraken takes out Sauron. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I do love, um, to like the sort of near the end of the, the film and, um, that Joker had it made Wayne Manor like the, that island an amusement park. And I want like, that leg. I want that Lego set. Right? Wouldn't that be awesome? Well, I don't think I want to. I don't think I want to see the price tag on it though. Oh, that that because for some because for some reason Lego thinks that to make their sets so goddamn expensive. Yeah. Uh, I've seen some pretty nice Lego sets, and it's always like, uh, price tag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've seen some nice Lego sets until I saw the price tag. I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> but I do have the Joker mobile from this film. Oh, and, uh, my hutch. And uh, a friend of the show, Nick Simons, gave it to me as a gift, and it took me like four hours to put together. <laughs> I didn't know you had that. I'm jealous now. <laughs> yep. It's uh, front and center my Joker shelf. Oh, that's cool. So did you know that they, uh, I think it was Chris McKay who did this. He wanted to put some R-rated villains in the Phantom Zone too. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. So for example, he wanted to put Bill from Kill Bill, um, <laughs> Annie Wilkes, from Misery. <laughs> See, Jer- Jeremy Lloyd just popped for the second time this episode. And uh, he also wanted to put... Um, oh, uh, Bill the Butcher from Gangs of New York in there. <laughs> Which I think that would have gone over my head. I've seen Gangs of New York, but I was in high school when the movie came out, so I would have completely forgotten about it since then. I don't remember much about that film. I haven't seen it in a good 20 years, but I do remember uh, Daniel Day-Lewis being an absolute badass in it. I I know of that movie, but I, it's not one I've seen. I believe it's a Scorsese film. I, I, I dig it. It's like one of the collaborations between Scorsese and Di- DiCaprio. Okay. I liked it. Like I'm not a huge fan of that kind of stuff, but I, I liked it. Hmm. Maybe I'll, I'll have to add it to my ever-growing list of movies I need to watch. <laughs> but I want to—I want to see the cut where there's a Lego Annie Wilkes out there breaking somebody's ankles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just see a little Lego foot come flying off. <laughs> uh, that'd be funny. You know, it's—it's—I actually like. I haven't seen that movie, but I I would get it because it's it's such a it's such a thing in in pop pop culture. So it's like I totally know it and get it. So that would be absolutely hilarious. It's like that, I I definitely want to see that cut too because that would just be amazing to see. <laughs> More importantly, I want to see the cut where Guillermo del Toro is Bane. Yeah, for sure. But I guess, apparently, according to IMDb, Steve Buscemi was also in the running for Joker 2, which I'd be intrigued. 
<laughs> so I go back and see Steve Buscemi. Like I'd be intrigued to see Steve Buscemi as a Joker too. But I love Zach Galifianakis. Like I said at the beginning of the episode, I wish he would get another crack at playing the Joker again. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I really, I, I love what he, he, he brought to the character, and he, he just makes it just such. Oh my god. Anyway. <laughs> um. He just like you can kind of tell like yeah it's it's his voice and everything but you can kind of tell he's having a freaking blast with it like you you can really tell he, he's having fun and you know bringing a lot to the character and it's just yeah I I absolutely love it. I think he's even said in interviews that he had fun doing it. Um, well, speaking of Joker and having fun, I love how in this film. They really have fun with the Joker Batman dy- dynamic. Mm-hmm. How Joker's obsessed with Batman and <laughs> he just wants Batman's attention. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> so I love like the yin yang love hate relationship. Like they 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 approach it like Frank Miller has Joker and Batman having their final battle in the tunnel of love. Mm-hmm. Or how you get the Dark Knight with Heath Ledger's Joker, the You Complete Me. But I love how they take, they have their own approach to that. How he just wants, he's trying to rope Batman into relationship. And they do the whole, well, I like to fight around. I like to fight around. (laughs) I love the whole aspect they take of that. Because at the end of the day, Joker loves Batman. Oh, yeah. Definitely, and and I just I, I do love how they how they set that up and and you know he he's genuinely you know like how how he makes like his 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 crew you know all surrender because well Batman then has nothing he has nothing to do he'll, you know he'll be bored and and whatever and <laughs> you know I just I love also that. a jo- also a Joker thing I would say. Very much, yeah. To kind of, as a way to to test him, to be like, well, you know, you you don't have anything now. Well, what are you gonna do? You know, because you know when you you have everybody, well, you know you have stuff to do. You have people to 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 deal with and whatever. And you know when you don't have that, well, who are you or like what now? Kind of thing. So it's it is very much a a Joker thing, and uh, you know, I, and I do love like he he, you know, basically traps everybody in a in like a gift box thing and wraps it up. And <laughs> I really like that too. I do like that. Um, I I was like I when I was rewatching tonight, I just one thing I love is. That's what I instantly think about is the love-hate between Batman and Joker. Or even back to uh, Death of the Family, where Joker is going to kill Alfred and Batgirl and Nightwing and Red Hood and all these guys because they're making Batman old, they're bringing him down. But us villains, we're keeping you young forever. Like a Peter Pan, like a twisted Peter Pan. And like Joker's doing that as a symbol of his love to Batman, keeping him young. 
Or like I said, I brought up in Dark Knight Returns how they have their final battle in the Tunnel of Love. Or, or like, like I said again, Dark Knight, you complete me. Mm-hmm. I just love how they took their own approach to that with the I hate, like, he just wants him to say, I hate you. <laughs> and I, I love the whole, I hate you, I hate you too. I hate you more. <laughs> I hate you forever. <laughs> and it's just, it's so heartfelt. Like, <laughs> I hate just... you, ba- I, I hate you, Batman. I'm really annoyed with you right now. <laughs> <laughs> It's not the same. <laughs> like, I love Joker's genuine heartbreak when Batman doesn't tell me he hates him. <laughs> or admits that he's his greatest villain. I love the genuine heartbreak there because I really think that's something Joker would be heartbroken over. Oh, yeah. Definitely. And and then, yeah, like when they're, they're finally saying, like, I hate you and I hate you more and, you know, I'll hate you forever. And it's just. It, it's so genuinely heartfelt, and he's just like, oh yay! Like it, it just it warms his heart to know that. <laughs> <laughs> that might be one of my favorite things about this film is that the Batman Joker relationship. Because <laughs> yeah. I love all the other villains are like chiming in, say it, say it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just not not having it whatsoever and <laughs> it's not the same thing <laughs> I think that's one thing they did brilliantly there was they, they attacked the the Joker Batman relationship really well like it, it's I would say this is on the same level as like Heath Ledger Christian Bale or like Affleck and Jared Leto or Mark Hamill, Kevin Conroy, or even the comics. This is on the, I think this Joker Batman relationship is on the same level as all those. And I really think if you're going to do Joker and Batman in the same film, that's something you need to nail is Joker and Batman dynamic. And to be able to pull it off that well in a kid's film, like, bravo, bravo. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they 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 couldn't have honestly they could they couldn't have done that any better. Um, yeah, and you know what's like, you know what's really funny is that you know when I first saw this movie. You know, I obviously like, you know, I I knew, you know, you're you're Batman and Joker, all these I knew the characters. Um and you know, I really, really loved the movie. I thought it was, you know, absolutely hilarious and just had a blast with it. But then, you know, now being more, you know, engaged with DC things and, and have read quite a lot of the comics and knowing that makes this movie 10 times funnier you know having read the comics and seen the movies and just you know engage so much more with the dc universe and it just oh my goodness it makes it even more funny 
And, you know, I feel like it it doesn't, for me anyway, it doesn't happen that often with, with films, like, where something will become, you know, even more so funny than, than maybe it is. And, but with this one, yeah, it, it just becomes even more funny because you get, you know, the, the, you know, the references they're making and the characters that they bring out. And I mean, even now, like now that I know like polka dot man and all these characters, it's just now become even more funny. And it's just, yeah, I, I really like that too, that you can, you know, you don't have to know everything about it and, and enjoy the film, but then if you do know a lot of these things, it just you have an even better experience with the film. Did you ever think in your wildest dreams you'd see the polka dot man on the big screen twice in four years? No. <laughs> Thank God for that. Yeah. Because if, if 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 these films were swapped, I really hope they would have gotten David Dismulchin to play Polka Dot Man. Mm-hmm. As you look at the cast list, this is a cast list is like a who's who of voices, even though they a handful of them only say like two or three lines. Like Conan O'Brien's the Riddler, and he says what one line. Yeah. Or Ralph Garman and Chris Hardwick play uh, reporters. Mm-hmm. They get like one line each. Yeah, it's it, it's crazy the the like just yeah you know they only have the the a line or two but you know it's insane how how stacked this cast is. Now we need to get Zoe Kravitz to say meow meow before she says something. In, uh... You know, the Batman. Meow meow. Come on, vengeance. Meow meow. <laughs> it reminded me of uh, what is the name? Mister Rogers' Neighborhood. In the land of make believe, there's a puppet that is a cat, and it said meow meow, meow 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 meow. It's like how she would communicate by saying meows. <laughs> But I think it's great legacy casting. They got Zoe Kravitz to do Catwoman again for live action too. So yeah. that's pretty cool. I think it's about all we can say about Lego Batman. What do you think? I think so. I think we've um, definitely, you know, I, I mean, there's so much more you could you could talk about this film, but I, I think we we covered it fairly well and and you know highlighted the you know the the Easter eggs and things that you know are, are in the film and yeah yeah another one I pointed out I, I guess I missed it when I watched it when I was on IMDb for example when Superman's on the news and they were showing clips of his fight with Zod yeah the Footage said courtesy of Z Snyder and uh, and the cinematographer for Man of Steel and BVS. 
Yeah. I remember seeing that. That I think it was like I didn't so much get like a, a sort of chuckle out of it. Obviously the first time, but later on, yeah, like I've seen that and it's <laughs> it definitely gets a chuckle out of me. <laughs> and I, I one other thing I do love is when they're gonna start. Uh, it's one of the the. This is his his Batmobile, whatever, and it's you know atomic batteries to power, turbines to speed. It's like oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Th- this this movie is is a lot of fun, and it's definitely you know for everyone. Like it's it's for those who who you know obviously for kids. But it's also for those who, and kids in general audience, like, and then, you know, also those who are fans of of Batman and and his universe, and you know, you, you definitely get a lot out of it. And um, yeah, it's it's definitely one of those few movies that it is for you know this one's for everyone, and everybody can can enjoy it and get something out of it. It's definitely a movie you can go and turn on after a, a long day or a crappy day. Just sit back and have fun with it. Like you get some dumb laughs out of it here and there, but you know it's it's good for like Harvard for police. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's like it still makes me laugh. It made me laugh the first time. It makes me laugh every time I watch it. Harvard for police. <laughs> like they could have gone, they could have gone with like Gotham to say state you or whatever. But the fact that they went with like Harvard for police, like oh, that's clever. That's, that's pretty fucking funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or like, or like a, a, a Gotham police academy or something <laughs> like now Harvard for police. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think she even calls it back later too as she learns some kind of uh more of martial art at Harvard she name drops Harvard for police. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like if you had a long day or a crappy day or whatever, or crappy week, whatever, and you need to throw something on and you want to get your superhero fixed, I'd say this is like one of the things you go to. Absolutely. I, I know I definitely have one. I just like, you know, need something that I know that's going to, you know, make me laugh and, and just be a good, you know, entertainment for, you know, an hour and however long the movie is. Um, then yeah, this is gonna be the one that I'm gonna gonna pick. I mean, there's I mean, there's always so many, but yeah, it, this one is one I, I I tend to go to. Yeah. So five years of the Lego Batman movie. I think they said they scrapped plans for a sequel, didn't they? Which kind of sad. It is, but I mean. I, I guess you could continue it, but it'd also be kind of hard not to try, not to be retelling what you've already told, you know? 
Like, like I'm yeah, not. Really- she threw all of it. I'm pretty sure they threw like every villain in here except for Raisha Ghoul, essentially. Yeah, I mean they even had, they even had, well, not Martian Manhunter, but Martian Dance Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> More like Martian Dance Hunter. <laughs> so like it, it would be kind of tricky to do a continuation of that because you have thrown so many characters in there you know if you if you didn't then i could see it where you could have you know the, bringing these characters in and and doing something else um but i think since they did that i think a, a sequel would just be sort of retelling things i think the bar was set so high because i think this was pretty well received if i'm not mistaken i think so yeah so i think it, it's probably best to let super dogs lie because it i wouldn't I won't quite use when use the term lightning in a bottle but i think they, they did such a good job the first time out i think anything after that would just not be good like it would it'd either be retreading the story it'd be telling the same story again or trying to give us more of the same thing. It's like, uh, yeah, they'll just stick with the first one. So, it, I think I think they made the right choice instead of beating like a dead horse again and just giving us the Lego Batman movie again. I I think it's it's a strong enough outing just to do just the one. I think. Yeah, I, I agree. Um. Yeah, yeah, I I definitely agree. Like you, you just uh, it, it wouldn't. I don't think it would. It would very much not. I don't. I don't think it would work again. And you know, the the. I don't think that sort of energy would be there a second time around because you've already, you know, you put so much into the first one, and it just wouldn't be the same. So yeah, like I, I'm really glad that they they decided not to do a a sequel to it because. I don't think a sequel is needed for this one. Well, Lego Batman comes highly recommended from both of us. So if you haven't seen it by now, shame on you. But uh, go check it out if you haven't seen it. Especially at the end of a long day. You need a good <laughs> laugh. You want your superhero fix. Toss it in. I think he'll recommend it. Don't try to keep up all the Easter eggs because it will be going too fast. To yep. keep up. So, uh, Melissa, where can the listeners keep up with you if they choose? Oh, they can keep up with me on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Um, on on both Twitter and Instagram, I'm Miss Melissa N25. It's all lowercase, all one word, nothing fancy. Um, I also have another Instagram page. Uh, where I post all the little kooky drawings I do, um, and it's called Scribbles of a Wannabe Drawer. And um, it's all one word, lowercase again, nothing fancy. So if you like really kooky art, you can check out that. And then also, yeah, check me out on uh, my personal Instagram page and also Twitter. And where can they find you, Jared? If you want to keep up with me and... 
Twitter and Instagram, you can find me at QCA underscore Mista, M-I-S-T-A underscore J. And that's where you find pictures of my beard and my cats. That's all I have for now. I probably have more content coming soon other than that. Uh, but if you want to follow us as a podcast as a whole, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Nations Podcast. You can also send us an email at nerdnationspodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to keep listening to us as a podcast, you can find us at our home at Podbean. Um, you can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. And on any one of those platforms, uh, be sure to leave a rating and review. Um, we really appreciate it, and it also allows for us to be um, a little bit noticed within the podcast community and allow for new listeners to come in and enjoy our show. And uh, be sure to stay tuned to your feeds because the next time we get together, I believe Melissa and I will be introducing a new mini episode segment where we have a nice spoiler free chat about movies and spoilers. It's not going to be the Batman, but I think when we, I, I, Melissa and I are planning a Zack Snyder's Justice League one year later episode. So maybe we could throw our thoughts on the, on the Batman under that episode. Yeah, for sure. So for Melissa, I'm Jared. This has been another episode of the nerd nations podcast. The world is scary, and unfortunately, we don't have a Batman to protect us. So the best way we can get through all this is to uh, be excellent to each other. And nerd on, dudes. And remember, Iron Man sucks. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening, guys.